You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Bert Jantz and his self-titled album, In the Room I Have Been and Charles. Bert Jantz is the debut album from the Scottish folk singer of the same name. It was produced by Bill Leaders and released on the 16th of April, 1965 on Transatlantic Records. The genre is folk. Hailing from Scotland, Bert Jantz uh, began playing his personal mix of folk, blues, and jazz on the folk sing in the early 60s. His self-titled debut album was recorded with borrowed guitars and was recorded on a reel-to-reel tape recorder at the engineer-producer Bill Leader's house, after which it was sold to Transatlantic for the modest sum of £100. I'm going to read from uh, the 1001 book. Giano Carlo Susan says, The songs highlighted by fluid, astonishing, accompanied guitar playing all bear the stamp of Yance's strong personality. From easygoing opener strolling down the highway to the poignant needle of death written about a friend who died from a heroin overdose. From the reflective spine-tingling running from home to the riveting guitar showcase of Angie written by David Graham and later covered by Simon and Garfunkel. With its innovative guitar technique and strong material, the album caused a sensation and it has remained deeply influential ever since. Many of the songs were covered by other singers of the area, including Donovan, Julia Felix, and Marianne Faithful, while guitarists including Jimmy Page, Neil Young, Johnny Marr, and Noel Gallagher have acknowledged its impact on them. But its reputation does not rest alone on Yance's musicianship. Its beauty lies also in his lyricism. All right, what do we think of Bert Yance's? self-titled do you want to go for this charles yeah um so i started listening to it and it opens really beautifully like the guitar playing is top notch but after five songs in it sounds the same kind of over that by the fifth song so um don't get me wrong it's good music um after hearing that he only sold it for a hundred pounds we were really bad for the guy (laughs) like he produced and made this beautiful album oh yeah a hundred pounds it's fun but, no, I mean, overall it was good, but it's kind of um, one note throughout the entire thing. I disagree. I really liked it. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Why would you like it? Um, I don't know. It, it kind of, uh, it transported me to, like, a, a British indie film or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could see that for sure. Yeah, but just, uh, oh, well, yeah, the guitar playing is stellar. It actually... Uh, mate, I laughed in my head when you said that bit about uh, Neil Young citing his guitar work as an influence. I think I could see like Neil Young like citing like the 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 flavor of it, the sound of it, the, maybe the lyrically, like Neil Young, like one note guitar solo, Neil Young. Yeah, like, this guy is all over the place. 
Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love Neil Young. Yeah. I had, I had, I was kind of mixed the same way as you. I was like, the playing's good. Maybe not exceptional. There's three things I usually look for when it's, when it's folk music and it's probably, uh, you have to be like a great singer. You have to have good lyrics or you have to be a good player. I mean, pretty much with any music, but for, for some reason, folk music, especially because it's you and a guitar, you know, mm-hmm. there's, I can't judge on anything except that. Or you have to do something really innovative, I guess, that we haven't seen before. This seemed okay to me. Uh, it just, and part of it, I think, too, the recording could be, you know, getting in my head of just it's not recorded that great. I get the feeling that he never really intended it to be one of the thousand yeah. albums you're supposed to listen to before you die. Yeah, right. I feel like that. This is borrowing it's a, guitars. It's a real just, you know, let's do this. Trying to get money album. out. Well, yep. and that was kind of the thing at the time, right? I mean, we're in the height of the folk uh, era with uh, Dylan and and the rest. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't know. It seems too that he really relies on on the on on those minor chords throughout each of the songs. It so it's almost predictable in a certain way. I did find his his playing his like picking style to be interesting for sure mm-hmm. but it just it didn't carry enough for me it's very similar throughout the whole album For being Scottish, couldn't tell. <laughs> really impressive. Well, I feel like, yeah, he he gets some of that f- Scottish folk melody mm-hmm. into some of these songs. Well, I was just talking about like singing, like you can oh, kind of yeah, hear yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this, like I really thought this guy was from like North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So I I think too. I don't know. It kind of rubbed me in a, like a moody way. It, like it, like he seems like he's a little too moody for emo folk. or maybe what I, <laughs> what I was uh, into at the time or thinking about at the time. I don't know. I I like a lot of stuff like Towns of when we get to Towns of Anzant, I'm mm-hmm. gonna be like, this is amazing because he's a real strong, you know, sad player. I feel like mm-hmm. or Leonard Cohen, uh, but this for some reason I feel like it. We've had uh, some of these other other people that have done something similar or even I think he had cited Big Bill Brunzi as being like a real inspiration. And really? he's, and he's like, I mean, he's not going to be in this book, but no. it's maybe I'm, I, I, I get into these things where I feel like I'm being really prejudiced towards these musicians because I have been uh, so attracted to older blues musicians, Lead Belly and Big Bill and, Joe Jackson and Lightning Hopkins, like all these other guys who are doing this, like finger picking and stuff like this. So, 
he's doing like the technique is similar but he's taking it a whole different direction it's true yeah and that's why i was saying with the minor chords it seems like he's he is pulling in a a little bit different it should also be said that uh, the past few days I've been listening to this, it's just been gray and raining all day. <laughs> it is such a good and, and it's album for this. It's a really good album for for just like a dreary, rainy day. Looking at the window. Yeah, it just it, it just wraps you in an afghan. You know? yeah. it, it puts on the to tea kettle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's true. Um, I will say, though, like going with his lyrics, um, you know, one of the themes in the mid-60s was, you know, the free love, kind of carefree, do what you want. Um, but one of the songs, Oh How I, oh how Your Love is Strong, it talks about, well, now my girl's pregnant. What am I gonna do? Um, and it's like... Um, real shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, here's real life, boys. Um but some of the lyrics go on, go, um, you know, hey girl, now that your baby's born, what shall it cost? Is my freedom lost? What is the price of nature's own way? Like, ooh, it's kind of deep. And then it goes on. And what caught me is I'm kind of like you, Ben, where I have to read lyrics to understand them um, and really get the song. But I was listening to this and the lyric, hey girl, how could I dress your child? And I was like, whoa. I miss something, so I had to go look it up. Oh, and Batman PJs is the answer, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Spider-Man pajamas. But it was kind of cool to see that take on um, some of the cause or the repercussions of doing this lifestyle. Yeah, because he the other one about the heroin overdose mm-hmm. is it got real. Yeah, it's he's talking about real stuff, for, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of introspective stuff too. It's not all. Like, a lot of these players were doing, like, protest songs. Or, right. or mm-hmm. Dylan, where he's just rambling on. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like it. I give it a thumb up. Yeah? You would include it in the in the book? I think I would. Uh, I, I don't know if I ever would have uh, sought out Bert Yanch <laughs> otherwise. And I'm happy to now at least know who he is. Yeah. yeah I, yeah. I, I found it interesting, but I, I don't think I would... I don't think I'm going to go back to this album. I mean, there's just a lot of different albums that I would probably put on in, instead of this album. And that's not because it's dreary or, you know, like a sad album. Like, it's just, I just don't feel like it's strong enough for me to cite it. And that could just be for the times. I mean, a lot of those other guitarists were, this was an influential album maybe, but. If you saw it at a yard sale for $5, would you buy it? No. I would. Oh, totally, I would too. I'm I'm gonna look for this album, so when it's all cold and depressing and dreary, I'm gonna put it on and then just look out the window with an <laughs> afghan around me. The Catalan? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, we're we're also going to get into his other or his band. Uh oh, are we? Yeah. So they're also gonna be in this list. So I'm interested to hear um Pentangle, uh the full troubadour is it, group. Is it Pentangle or Pentangle? Is it like... What's the difference? Well, one of them is, I guess, like a fenced-in area of tangles, like a pentangle. Oh, yeah. And the other one, I guess, would just have five angles. Probably the five angles. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I don't know, that fenced-in tangles. <laughs> the pentangle. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious what, what we're going to get into with with that, what that's going to sound like when yeah. he has a full yeah, group, group behind him. Is, is it a... 
Now, this might sound like I'm splitting hairs like with the Pentangles, but it, do you know if it's more of like a group fronted by him or an ensemble? Yeah, it's him and... Um, gosh, of course. Uh, the Pentangles, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's him and another player. Uh, of course, I don't have it up right now. Him and accompanied players, kind of like... A, I think it's going to be more of a Peter, Paul, and Mary, but I'm actually... I, I've never heard them. Me neither. I'm not familiar, so... This is my first introduction to him and to the to the group. Running, running from home, breaking ties that you grown, catching dreams from the City sounds burn your soul, turn your head to the cries of loneliness in the night. Just like a fly when it's caught, despite a silver. In our headphones just now, the song uh, uh, Running From Home came on, and I was reminded I, I really like this track. Yeah. It also has that sort of um like tell me this isn't like Cat Stevens yeah. feel too. So yeah. yeah, I get I get it. Now listen to this and tell me that you'd be surprised if you're like, "Oh yeah, it's from that Wes Anderson movie." Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's the it's the part where where he's sad and he's cutting his beard. And I know that's that's Elliot Smith. <laughs> but <laughs> but like you could you could you could just swap swap them out for like any of those like moody introspective scenes in like a circa two thousands indie film. twee indie film. It's true. It's true. I'll give it that. I'll give it of just being like one of the first to do that sort of. It's almost like a little droney. Mm-hmm. And, and it's got a nice melody over like a droning. He's like finger picking the, the bass with his thumb. And that's like droning while yeah. he's also doing this other work. And then having a very like mono voice mm-hmm. over it. So yeah, he's doing something original for sure. A little bit uh, uh Nick Drakey maybe. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe that's why I don't like it though. Maybe I'm I'm thinking of Nick Drake and I'm like, man, Nick Drake's so good. And then I'm thinking of this, and I'm like, ah, it's okay. Do you think that uh, if you could dig up Nick Drake and ask him if he was in, influenced by Bert Yanch, do you think he'd be like, oh yeah, totally? Or do you think he'd be like, never heard of the dude? Why are you waking me up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he, he heard this album. Had to. Have. I did appreciate some of the, um, also some of the instrumental ones, mm-hmm. Alice's mm-hmm. Wonderland. and They were short enough to be enjoyable. Yes. Yes. Had they been like five minute long sagas, I would not have been into them. But like a minute and a half is a perfect length for like a little instrumental ditty. Yeah. Good use of the word ditty. Thank you. <laughs> I, had it, I had it written down. <laughs> so I'd remember. <laughs> it's vocab day. Uh, <laughs> uh the, this album went on to sell 150,000 copies. I so didn't get anything but that's less than a pound. pound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so little money. Yep. Even even in 1965 pounds. Yeah, it that wasn't is, a lot. Oh my goodness. It's like a week at a shitty hotel. <laughs> I feel bad. Just getting ripped off that bad. <laughs> Do you think that he 
considers it ripped off, or do you think he considers it like a bad business decision? You know, like if he just didn't have the foresight, if he's like, fuck yeah, sweet, 100 pounds. Fish and chips on me tonight, fuckers. <laughs> maybe he was just, I mean, they did just lo-fi record it. Mm-hmm. So maybe they weren't even thinking about that. Where They were like, oh, someone's going to put it out? Like, okay. It's going to yeah. be in a book? You know, I mean, that's that's DI, that's like bedroom recording stuff right there. Yeah. Where you just, you're just recording and a, a label agrees to put it out, right? And, yeah. And you did all the work and everything and they don't, they don't pay you anything. They're just agreeing to front the money to actually make the album. Mm-hmm. Although they should pay you on the back end. Like, they should be paying should. you. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it sold to? Was it sold to... Transatlantic Records. Transatlantic. Yeah. They knew better. They, got they knew they were getting a deal. Like, if it was sold to, like, I don't know, like, the club owner and, like, he... <laughs> Like, oh, hey, man, I like your set. I'm going to, rec- we're going to, we should record this, and then you should let me try to shop it around for 100 pounds. But, yeah, if you sell the Transatlantic, that, you know, like, they're, like, like, mm-hmm. shh. <laughs> <laughs> like, looking at each other, like, winking. <laughs> yeah. Let's fleece this dude. Yeah. <laughs> and so this album was, it, we were talking about how lo-fi it was. It was so lo-fi that he borrowed the guitar to do it. Uh, I read another thing about him where, he would be playing nightly at places, and he'd often be borrowing someone's guitar. Does he not have a guitar? <laughs> and if so... He couldn't afford how, one. But how does... He's really good at it, so he's got to... What's he practicing on? Bring that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> a Kleenex box with rubber bands. <laughs> or does he have like like a, like a diddly bow nailed to his wall? And he's like... Meow, meow. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> What is he practicing on? Or is it like he's embarrassed because it's like my first guitar from Fisher Price and he's like, it, yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think I can't bring did. that to a show. Yeah, I think he probably did like ha- have a good guitar. It's a pink Daisy first act. Yeah. <laughs> His uh, sister wasn't using it. Yeah, you know, he kind of just inherited it. It's a squire. It is. Yeah. It's a line. That's why he's finger picking because it has a whole bunch of thick strings in the openings. Oh, yeah. Uh, like that good. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. Bird James <laughs> plays a pink guitar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about the Birds album, Mr. Tambourine Man. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.